Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips, tricks, and discounts. No tricks today, even though it's Halloween. <laughs> well, yeah, we're recording this on Halloween. Hope you enjoyed last week's Creepy Campfire Stories episode. We hope so. Yep. Hey, this week we have two terrific guests, and it's kind of a long podcast, so I think we should get right to it. All right. We're going to be talking Alaska. But first, I think that we should let you know that, well, this sounds a little bit Halloween-ish, Wolverine, <laughs> Wolverine Tough Bags, and also RV Sauna have become new affiliates for us. Yeah. So we have added those two pages to our deals and discounts page. And you remember the tough bags from just a few weeks ago we talked about that you can carry water around. And the RV sauna, it's been maybe a couple of years, but... Man, it is time for me to bring that sauna out because that is how I stay warm in the winter time. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty nifty device. It's actually portable, so that's cool. And then, of course, if you like boondocking, we really like those Wolverine tough bags. Those things have now become an absolute part of our camping gear. You can do quite a bit of boondocking in Alaska as we are just about to hear. We have the privilege of having our friend Robert Morales that you probably know as Traveling Robert with us. He just went on a three-month adventure to Alaska. Yes. But if you don't know Robert, he has got a tremendous number of followers on YouTube with his travelog videos and they're outstanding and he also does a podcast and a website and all of that. So without any further ado, Robert, welcome. Thank you for joining us this morning. Oh, no. Thank you. It is great to be able to talk to you guys again. I, I, I mean, I've, I've, your audience may not know it, but we've known each other for a while. And That's we, right. We've shared the... Um, one or two ales here and there. <laughs> one or two. So <laughs> one or two. <laughs> so it's, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. We have a fun quartzite story. Last was it last year we were in quartzite, and we were at mm. beer bellies. Beer bellies, and Robert had unbeknownst to him broken his ankle. Yeah, and still was was going and getting beers and stuff just with a little hitch. In your well, it hurts a little, but I'll just walk over and pick up the food. And I'm like, there's eight people; someone else can pick up the food. <laughs> no, that that's a funny story. I, I, I know we want to talk about Alaska later in the show, but that's a funny story because. A couple of days later, we went to to the urgent care, you know, because my wife she had also cut a finger, you know, oh. like a, a pretty bad cut. I think she she cut a half a tendon or something, and uh, we went to the to the urgent care, and hers was not uh, like an urgent thing, but they wanted to put me in a cast right there, like you cannot walk, absolutely not, <laughs> not driving, you know. Um, I've been walking for five days like this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> And then, of course, uh, I, I was in a, in a boot for, for a few, more than a few, a couple of months. Yeah, and that was from tripping on the steps of your trailer, if I remember right. No, actually, it's, uh, you know, I, I'm the guy who did Angels Landing in winter. You know, I've done some crazy hikes that I wouldn't do again. This was at the Q Mountain. You know, this, it's like a hill. Oh, yeah. In, in Quartzite. Quartzite. 
And I wanted to climb to the top, you know, see the view, uh, you know, get, get some shots. And on the way down, you know, it's all gravel and I just slipped and fell. Oh. And mm. uh, managed to b- walk back to the truck and then drive all the way back to, yeah. to the <laughs> South. But yeah, <laughs> not fun. I think you said you had like 160,000 miles on your, what is it, a two-year-old truck now? My old uh, Colorado, I um, was way above 100. No, I don't have 100. My my new truck is uh, it's a barely a year old. I have 50,000 on it. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. That's two cross-country trips and Alaska. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so there's no shortage. And, and I mean, your videos are so beautifully edited and shot. And then you also write all your own music. Yeah. Do all your own narration, all your own editing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I enjoy the process. I, I mean, it's, sometimes it is a lot of work, as you probably know, but... But I enjoy the process of putting it together. And, you know, so sometimes when I'm like this downtime that I am right now at home, down in, in, quote, in quotes, right? Yeah. That's when I have the time to, to write some music and uh, put a little more effort into the editing. I'm doing little maps, showing the, the route and all that. Great. Which is kind of hard when, when you're, especially, you know, my trailer. I, I, I live about a, a very small quarters when we're on the road. You and I both share that we have smaller trailers that have monster solar <laughs> systems in them. Yeah, Robert's the brand ambassador for Winnebago's Mini line, correct? Micro Mini. Micro Mini. Micro mini. The, micro, the Micro Mini line is actually different, different from the Mini. They're uh, actually narrower. They're only ah. seven feet wide. Oh, oh okay. okay. They actually fit on, on containers and they actually ship them to Brazil too. Really? Ah. Or used to, yeah. So did that small size help when you were going to Alaska or could you have had a bigger rig and been fine? Yes, it did in a sense. You know, it's a, it's a simpler rig, you know, no, no slides, less things to break. And we took, I mean, you, you can go on Alaska and be on nice paved roads the whole time if you want to. I mean, some, some of the roads are very nice, but... Uh, Where's the adventure in that? You know, we took <laughs> we took a mini tiny four as as we call it all the way to the almost to the Arctic Ocean. You know, you have to do the Dalton Highway, and that I wouldn't have been able to do the Dalton Highway in any other type of rig. the The only larger rig that we saw on that road was an, an old Airstream Argosy. Huh. Oh like, man. from like the seventies, and you know th- those are proving indestructible at this point. <laughs> but uh, the way to do it is with a truck camper. But you know, I decided to to take our trailer, and uh, we only broke a couple of things. Really, <laughs> <laughs> survived for the most part. But that's normal RVing, right? I mean, right. things <laughs> things are gonna break. Hey, I broken things in the roads of Indiana in the interstate. Yeah, so, you exactly. Know, so some interstates are are worse than, than than some of these dirt roads up north. Did you have to do anything special to your trailer in preparation, or just go and? fix things as they broke <laughs> yeah not not really uh, the the fact that it is a it was a new trailer and uh, it's got like these beefy tires you know it's it's got torsion axles so it's uh, it, it it um it performed well of course a couple of things that that broke for example and this is just the trailer isn't really not designed to for this vibration i mean it's that that road is washboard and uh, that's the good part um <laughs> There's a there's a bracket that holds the sewer hose. That bracket, uh, according to the tech, was metal fatigue 
it broke. Ah. Luckily, the the actual pipe stayed in place and didn't, you know, <laughs> I, I didn't leave it up there in the middle of nowhere. That broke, and then you know, a, a screw here and there inside the RV that that also. Oh, the the table, one of the you know the the pedestals for for the dinette. And I have a lot of weight on that dinette because uh. you know, I have, we, we have four monitors on that dinette, <laughs> <laughs> which we take out, we, we remove for, for travel, but still it has the two brackets and one of the bases of the dinette actually cracked probably oh. from, from all that vibration. Yeah. Oh gosh. Wow. So I know that it seems like you're going to, you know, you're going to Alaska in the middle of nowhere. So you have to be completely ready to be off the grid. I know that you have great solar, but if somebody wanted to do this trip without that, is there enough, you know, like places with hookups and things that you could get away with not having so much preparation? Absolutely. Definitely not, not everywhere, of course. Mm -hmm. But like everybody says on the, on the Alaska Highway, you know, which is actually in Canada. Oh, it's, that road is terrible. Do have extra gas? Not really. As long as you've, I mean, you're going to be able to fill up uh, uh, every, I don't know, half a tank. Okay. And the, the Alaska Highway, actually, except for the last 300 miles, is in great condition. Good. So, um, I mean, I did take 10 extra gallons of gas, mostly for the generator. Uh-huh. I, I mean, I, I only use them for the generator. Even on the, on the Dalton Highway, that's the longest stretch without a gas station. It was 240 miles without a gas station. Okay. We were able to make it, you know, running on fumes, but we were, were able to make <laughs> it. So, yeah. And the good thing about the Dalton Highway is that you have to go slow. So you, you actually, your fuel economy is, is better. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, see, there's that. Yeah, we even, we had a situation right here in New Mexico where we were coming back from a campground and it was really windy. And we actually had thought, well, I'll drop the trailer and keep going because we we're so low on gas. So it's the, the, not just Alaska. The, the truck stopped telling us what our range was when it got to six. Yeah. It just gave up. <laughs> that range is totally unreliable. Well, sure. I have noticed, you know, so it tells me you have a, a hundred miles left. And by the time you do 50 miles, it already tells, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're almost empty and it all depends on the wind. Really. I mean, you, yeah, you can go down to wind. six miles per gallon. Yeah. So you had talked about three Alaskas. Yeah. Tell us about that. That's what I thought because, um, you know, I, I spent six weeks in Alaska. So, I mean, we didn't get to see everything, but we got to see a lot. You get to see a lot. And uh, to me, there's the first Alaska is the actual, the last frontier. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're talking the north, you know, the, this, this area that has very few roads far between. And, uh, and some towns like, uh, like uh, they changed the name recently, which doesn't really roll off the tongue. It's Utkiavik, which eh. is the northernmost uh, town in, in the United States. And uh, it doesn't really, it really feels frontier up there. You know, mm. it's, it's still undeveloped. Even, even in Fairbanks, which is the largest city in this area, you don't have as, as many, like, I usually, you know, if, if you have like one of these non-common fast food restaurants, yeah. then you are like in the United States. <laughs> yeah, they'll have, they have a McDonald's on a BK and um, this and that, but it's, it still feels like life is tough there in the winter, you know? Sure. All, the, all the cars have a power plug in the front, so if they park anywhere, they can plug it in <laughs> to, to hit the, the engine um, block so you can start the car again in a couple of hours because it really does get down to negative 40 sometimes in this area. Wow. And that's the north. You know, you have China Hot Springs and Fairbanks. Then once I got to Denali National Park, 
And the same thing happened to me in the south, in the Kenai Peninsula. This is what I call the touristy part of Alaska. Okay. Every other vehicle is going to be a tour bus from Princess Cruise Line or the other one. You know, it, they even have their own rail cars. You, you will see the, the, uh, yeah. the Alaska Railroad. And then the last two cars, two of them will be Princess. One of them will be Holland America. And, you know, all the cruise ships, <laughs> they, they dock in Seward or in Anchorage in that area. And, you know, they all have this whole infrastructure. And they, they have, you know, in, in Denali Village, they have all the nice hotels. Which, by the way, great uh, saloon there, if, if you ever get uh, a saloon. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the scoop, the scoop. And the same thing happened in the south, in Seward, Homer. You know, every uh, the, the whole downtown is tour companies that are going to take you to, to see the bears or to see whales or to see uh, 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 glaciers. I mean, I lost count of how many glaciers <laughs> I saw. And then there's Anchorage. And I'm including like the whole metropolitan area. This is, is, is a town called Palmer, which is the agricultural capital of uh, Alaska. There's uh, Wasilla, that whole area. That's, uh, I, for lack of a better word, let's call it the civilized part of Alaska, right? <laughs> the, the RV tech, actually, the guy who, who fixed my RV, he's from, Anchor, from Fairbanks. He told me Anchorage is the city where you, you can see Alaska from there. You can oh, see Alaska. Oh, that's interesting. But as, as soon as you start getting the metropolitan area you see all the chain restaurants i mean they 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 have like stuff that you don't have in every state like um what's the one from louisiana like oh, raisin Popeyes. kings, uh, oh, raisin kings. And i think they even have an in and out burger <laughs> yes and it's it feels like you're entering any other you know suburb uh, in the lower 48 huh which it's a it's well it's a welcome change sometimes when, when you've been a month you know uh, out there in the, sure. in the frontier yeah. Sure. Having being able to get an Uber or order food, all those <laughs> kinds of things, you know, it's 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 the amenities of the big city. It's the kind of thing you escape from, and then, like you said, after a few weeks, it's it's kind of an yeah. escape too. Like you're like, yay! I see neon lights and the, 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 the <laughs> good, strip the good malls. thing about Anchorage, you drive half an hour in any direction, and you you're in Alaska. You're back. In, okay. in the mountains with the snow and the, and you can see whales, you can see a boar tide, which is a very interesting phenomenon that I, that I had never seen. Yeah, we just watched your boar tide video this mm -hmm, morning. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. I mean, just the the wildlife and and you saw like all of the different things. I saw that you caught a wolf and or not caught a wolf but you saw was it a wolf or no, a fox? it was a fox especially along the way on the on the alaska highway you get to see a lot of wildlife on the side of the road lots of black bear i didn't see, see a grizzly but i saw lots of black bear i saw a fox actually that fox snuck up on me i was <laughs> i was trying to get some dirt off the windshield there in the uh, and they came out of the brush i'm like Beep, let me get back inside the car <laughs> yeah you never know yeah, we saw a lot of wildlife, and, and then in Alaska, you also have the, the experiences, right? Because then you can go see wildlife, like when you take the tour of Denali National Park, and, you know, they have the, the, the guy who drives the bus, your guide, you know, he's, been, he's done that a hundred times, so he knows more or less sure. where you can see a caribou or bear. But the, the best experience of them all, I think it was, we took a tour from Homer. They take you on a seaplane, on a, on a float plane, to Katmai National Park, which is the only way to get there. And uh, there's this famous river, Brooks Falls, where you get to see all the grizzly bears uh, fishing for salmon. Oh. And that, that was one of those 
unique experiences that um, if you go to Alaska, you have to splurge and and do it. So the tours tend to be, are, would you say they're very worth doing the, you know, the sort of like the side trip tours? For the most part, I mean, uh, we did several, we did two uh, cruises and th- that's the thing. If you really want to see the wildlife, you have to take one of these tours because you could, they take you away from the city. Like, like the one we did one in, in Kenai Fjords, which is, uh, um, it's, it, it goes out from Seward right there on the Resurrection Bay. And they take you to a place where you can see the puffins and the sea lions. And then the highlight is a humpback whales. And, and I mean, it's not guaranteed that you're going to be able to see them, but yeah. all of a sudden you have humpback whales, like, I don't know, five, six, seven of them, you know, doing their thing, you know, going out of the water and the, the spraying. And then you, you see the, the, the fins, you know, going back into the water. That, that was very wow. special. And then at that same tour, we got to went to a glacier, a Yalik glacier, and you you get to see the glacier cabin, and it's super hard to to catch on video because you you don't know where it's. That's when the the big chunks of ice oh, uh, yeah. fall off the glacier, on the toe of the glacier right there, and 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 the, and the, the water is full of little icebergs. Oh. So it's oh. it's it's a very interesting experience. You hear the noise, but by the time you hear the noise, the cabin already almost happened. You know, you, you, you get that delay because huh. of the, the speed of sound. That was one great tour. Even even though the weather, the, the weather in Alaska, by the way, unpredictable. It's not always sunny and beautiful. It's it, We got a <laughs> lot of rain during our stay in Seward and during our stay in Talkeetna, which was the one tour that we couldn't do because we wanted to take a, a, a plane that goes around Denali, the mountain, and then it lands on a glacier. Mm-hmm. But it rained the whole time, so they canceled the flight on us every time. And the other tour that we did was, um, uh, we did the 26 Glacier Tour that, that goes out from another town, very interesting town. It's called Whittier. Mm-hmm. And the other way to get to that town is by a one-lane uh, tunnel. But that tunnel is used by the railroad, by vehicles, by Whoa. trucks. So it, it you you have to re, you don't have to reserve it, but there's a certain time that that it goes one way. There's a certain time where the train goes, and there's a certain time where you go the other way. Huh. From that town, we took a, a, a cruise that is um is the 26 Glacier cruise. Totally recommended, especially because we had great weather. So um, it, it was uh, it was really something to see. So you were there in July, and during that is that that's the time of the year when there's like a whole lot of sunlight right well yes in, in fact, addition to it, the clouds and rain but i mean <laughs> yes we were there for six weeks and i timed it so we actually went and uh, i haven't really talked spoken all that much about the dalton highway which is the northernmost road in america and um, the most isolated one and mm-hmm. that's what the one we did and we timed it oh, just a few days after the the solstice oh, oh okay. you know, on that road you cross north of the arctic circle and mm-hmm. north of the arctic circle it never gets dark hmm. and we got to see the midnight sun which is uh, another one of those phenomena that you can only experience at a, at a certain place like the sun comes from the from the west right it's, it's gonna try to set on yeah. the west but it never sets. It keeps going and it goes north and north. It's like the lowest point. And it's like a, it's like a sunset that will last probably for an hour or two. Wow. Just the sun, you know, skirting across the horizon on the north. And then it starts going Rising. back up on the east. Huh. That's something that another YouTuber who was in Alaska told me, you know, in every state, you know, you want to see mountains, go to Colorado. You want to see lakes, go to Minnesota. You want to see rivers, you know, it's, but 
just the fact that you are in this place where it, in, in, in summer it doesn't get dark and then in winter you have the, the polar night, which yeah. is dark for several, for a couple of months or you get like two hour daylight. Um, it's the fact that you are in, in geographically in such a, a unique place. You know, mm -hmm. you look at it on, on the, on, I have a, for those of you, you, you don't see my video, but I have a, a, a globe behind me. If, if on a map, you don't really get it, but if you look at it on a globe and you, you, I am in Florida and you are up there, we're almost perpendicular to each other on the <laughs> planet. You know, it's, it's such a great distance far north. You know, we're closer to Russia than the lower 48. At yeah. This yeah it's, it, it, you can, you on could a, walk there. On a map, sometimes it looks like Alaska's with Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. It is actually, actually, I think there's only one time zone difference between Alaska and Hawaii. But I mean, latitudinally, they if like on my sticker map that I put on the door of the RV, mm -hmm. you know, yes. the Alaska and the Hawaii are down in the bottom left corner, like as if they're together <laughs> off Baja. Yeah, yeah, I know. That, yeah, on the map, I, wait, I I'm I have the same map. I'm thinking of cutting Alaska and putting it where it putting belongs. It belongs. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, because I also got a, a Canadian map for this trip. So we did a oh, couple yeah. Right. Yeah. of Canadian provinces. That's somewhere we haven't been yet. No. Nope. to Canada. No. Nope. You also found good beer because that's something you and I share. Oh, yes. Alaska has uh, a little known secret. Alaska has some of the best breweries I've seen in the whole country. I mean, ah. Alaska Brewing Company. There's one in Fairbanks called Hoodoo which, uh, you know, it was full of locals. Yeah, yeah. We've, and the 49th state is really good also in, in Anchorage. That's something you and I both enjoy is a good beer on the yes, road. Yes. Right. So any advice you would give someone thinking of, well, other than, of course, watch your videos, <laughs> but any advice you'd give someone considering that kind of trip? I mean, it takes time. We, we did it in three months in total. We probably could have done it in a, in a little less, but it just takes time to get there. You know, it's, it's, it's far away. You have to drive about a week through Canada, mm -hmm. at least. But don't be intimidated by, by what you hear. Just, you know, have the tools, have provisions. You know, if you, get, God forbid, get stranded, you, you can survive for a couple of days. You know, so, mm -hmm. and it, Know your vehicle. Know if uh, if your vehicle, you know, if if you are not familiar with dirt roads, then don't go on the Dalton. Don't go on the Denali Highway. And there's another one, the McCarthy Highway. Those are the three highways that car rental companies don't allow you to to take their, their oh. cars. So, the, yeah, uh, or RV rentals for that matter. Some of those. Yeah. And enjoy. I mean, in, in, enjoy the fact uh, that you are uh, in such a far away, some some parts very remote. Uh, and be be aware that the weather is not going to cooperate every day. You know, sure, it's, it's sure. going to be raining for three days in a row sometimes. And uh, if you wait, the sun will come out and you'll get a couple of beautiful blue sky days. <laughs> we found that even in Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The farther south you go in Alaska, the wetter it is. The more hmm. it rains, the, the, yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. The north is an Arctic desert. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Well, I think those are our questions. Any last words of wisdom? Do it if you can. I mean, it's uh, it's it's not like to check mark. You know, like we've been to all the states or not. It's uh, it's a very unique place. The uh, the people are very nice, and you see so much wildlife and so much beauty. I mean, and uh, we we haven't haven't talked about Denali 
or or the Wrangell Mountains, and the, these are mountains that are completely covered in snow. They are so high, so so tall. You know, Denali is the tallest uh, peak in North America. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we did six weeks. We could have done three months, and uh, we we still wouldn't see everything. It's so it's not like you know. I say we don't put a sticker on our map until we spend a night in a state, which doesn't mean we've seen the state really at all. And yeah. Alaska <laughs> is a little bit of a commitment to just go to spend one night and put a sticker. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can fly there, of course, and I'm, I have this crazy idea of flying this coming winter just to complete the whole trip because the one thing that we didn't get to see was the northern lights. Yeah. Oh right. Because it never got dark. <laughs> yeah. I've thought of taking a cruise up there because there's so much yeah. infrastructure for those cruise ship people. Absolutely. And of course, Princess and Holland America, all these uh, companies, they have hotels in Denali. So mm-hmm. you, you you don't, it's not a day trip. You know, it's a, the train takes, what, four, six hours to get <laughs> from, from Anchorage to Denali. So you get to spend a night or two in Denali, you see the park and then come back south. In fact, earlier when we were in Quartzsite in January and we talked to a lot of work campers, one of the work camping jobs that we talked to was with one of the cruise lines and you could you would be there and you'd be like the land support for people who are waiting to get on the cruise and one of the jobs is a bus driver like a tour driver and now suddenly Tony is that's his dream job well he wants just, to, <laughs> he wants to go that, up there because hey. he said am I allowed to tell dad jokes and they said oh we encourage that so now he's like all ready to go up there and drive a tour bus in Alaska I wouldn't <laughs> mind doing that for a summer driving a big old tour bus because they they will get you your bus driver's license and then you spend the summer doing that and then you get a free cruise out of it and paid so (laughs) that seems like a fun job yeah Yeah. and you get to see all that you get to see everything you know you're you're guaranteed to become part of the of the 30 percent club that uh, gets to see the Denali mountain. Only 30% of people who go to Alaska get or wow. go visit Denali get to okay. see it because it's always covered in clouds. <laughs> so, I mean, you have your chances are a lot better. A lot better if you have three months in one place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And driving a big old bus in Alaska. <laughs> yeah. And that's probably one of those mandatory stops. You know, there's a pull-off where you can get to see the mountain from from the the highway, the the parks highway, it's called. Well, Robert, we sure do appreciate you spending some time and telling us about Alaska and getting us excited about it. Yes. Thank you so much for your time and your videos. And we'll certainly put links to your videos. And we hope that we run into you sometime very not run in physically. (laughs) That's a, yeah, that's no, a bad, not, after we got rear-ended, that's kind of a bad term for us. Yeah. <laughs> we hope that we're ha- able to have a beer with you somewhere very soon. I hope so, too. Either I'll drive west or you're, you'll drive east or we'll meet someone somewhere, somewhere in, in the, the middle. middle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank, uh, well, thank you. you for having me. Thank absolutely. you. We are so honored to be joined today by Kim Riles from Caravan to Alaska. And if you are thinking about going to Alaska, but you're just not sure that you feel comfortable getting there, Kim is going to help you out. (laughs) Welcome. Hi. Thank you, guys. You help guide people to Alaska. What is that experience like and what do you do to get them there. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm a former resident of Alaska. I lived up there for a number of years. And the last mm, couple of handful of years, I've decided to come out, as they say. That's when you move out of Alaska and come back down to the lower 48. But I didn't (laughs) want to lose my connection to Alaska. Okay. 
So I started another business up in the summer in Alaska where I take people out in the back country in the trails of Alaska. And that maintains my connection to Alaska in the summer. So I'm basically commuting to my work every summer, going to Alaska and back. Okay. I had people through word of mouth and social networks and whatnot begin to ask me, can I go with you one of these years and how much would you charge? And so it became kind of a, I formed a business to lead people up there in a caravan in response to people requesting to go. So every summer in mid-May to June, I gather around my little campers and we take off from the state of Washington and we take about 10 days to drive up to our end point is Palmer, Alaska, which is about 45 miles an hour north of Anchorage. Okay. And then do you also help them with things to do when they're there or is it predominantly yeah. getting there? It's both of those things. So my target audience, you know, there's there's RV caravans out there that do that do all the planning for you and the leading and the entertaining. Right. And that's one model. Those tend to be bigger rigs, more rigs. I think I've seen caravans up to 100 rigs wow. per route. Yeah. Wow, um, that's a lot of corralling. <laughs> that is a lot of corralling and people are paying top dollar for that. I'm not, I don't know if you're familiar with that model, but people are paying ten to $15,000 per person. Mm, wow. And going in their own rigs and, of course, paying for the gas and everything. Those companies put together meals for the caravan. They reserve all the campsites. They put together all of your Alaska entertainment. Right. It's kind of turnkey package. All you have to do is, ha is show up. I'm looking for some people who are a little more experienced or a little bit more independent in their travels mm -hmm. to join me up. And I'm limiting the rigs to 10 to 15 per trip. So I make three of our reservations over the 10-day period of travel. There are strategic points I'm used to stopping uh, right across the Canadian border to outfit myself for my travels about halfway up the trip and then right before I get to where I'm going in Alaska is kind of my, my drop-off point for the, okay. the caravan. Once people are up there, I have provided them with a little self-published brochure based on my living up in Alaska that are, I call, call it Kim's Picks, and the things and places that I like to go and I like to do as a former resident in the state. Okay. So when the caravan crosses the border from Canada into Alaska, and we our last night is uh, coming into Palmer, Alaska, people are armed with this information and they spread out and begin enjoying the, the rest of the summer or the month either on their own or in smaller subgroups of new friends they've met through the caravan. They might stay a few weeks or they might stay two or three months. They may decide to come back down in small groups that they've met throughout the caravan or they might be coming back down on their own. I feel strongly that once you ride up in the company and safety and fun of this smaller group to Alaska, that the people that I'm interested in traveling with will feel comfortable about coming back down on their own. Okay. And then yeah. having been a resident and doing these tours, I would imagine you have all the hints and tips on, for example, companies that might help with tires or maintenance or any of that sort of thing right. along the way. Yes. You know, I've been doing this long enough now that I kind of have my own risk management plan. And I know <laughs> the community, <laughs> I know the communities with which 
I would want to connect with if something went wrong on the mm-hmm. road. Right. I have a safety plan. So, you know, you're going to want the basics like your passport to get through the country. You're going to want some credit cards and a little bit of cash. I only take enough cash to pay for the campgrounds on the way. Okay. And I have a membership with AAA that will pick you up in Canada. The puzzle piece there is you're out of cell phone service for a quite a bit of travel. So I carry a Garmin inReach, which is a satellite device that can send and receive texts from anywhere. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then the Garmin inReach also produces a web link that you can share with people who aren't on the journey, who can track your, if they pull up the web link, they can see where you are on the map. Okay. So I have, for instance, I'm kind of middle-aged moving into the the far end of middle age. So I have my, <laughs> <laughs> I have my 88-year-old dad who is an experienced RV traveler as well. I give him the web link. When he pulls up my web link in Florida, he can see the little pin where I'm located in my travels in real time. That's That's pretty darn cool. I might have been mistaken in how I heard this. So do you arrange all the nights between Washington and Palmer? It's about 40 hours worth of active travel time. I like to spread that out over 10 days to average four hours of travel every day. Great. I provide three reservations for the group, beginning, middle, and end. The parts that we don't reserve, I'm familiar enough with the route that if I'm ready to get off the road at three hours or five hours or what have you, I know where the next best campground is going down the road. Okay. Before I started doing Caravan to Alaska, I never made a reservation in my travels for myself. Right. I have never made a reservation and there's reasons for that. I'd like to be a little bit iterative on the journey if I get a little tired or I get really jazzed, for instance, when I get to Whitehorse and Yukon is the capital and then you've been on the road for a long time and it's a real city and you're like, whoa, you know, I can get a shower and some laundry (laughs) and I can go downtown and get some half-priced oysters at happy hour by the (laughs) Yukon River and I might talk myself into staying there two nights and so... Not doing every single night with a reservation gives me the flexibility for myself. Sure. And that has worked well with other people, too. And you can do that when you're familiar with what you're going to find along the way. Right. We do it on occasion, but in like new places where we're going, well, let's just go and see how far we want to get. But then... We have to accept what the internet shows us to tell us if we're going to be able to find a good spot where we're tired or ready to stop. Yeah, exactly. Let's say you have your 10 people with you. Are there challenges in finding reservations? Because we all hear about the crowded campgrounds, blah, 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 which we really haven't found too much. But anyway, how readily available are reservations? I make the reservations at the three places out of 10 nights that I know that we're going to stay. I make them far in advance. So for right for the 2024 trip, I already have those reservations in the works. Okay. Now, for the ones that I'm just kind of winging it, they are smaller provincial campgrounds. They are typically $20 a night Canadian, which makes them about $15 a night American. 
And the ones that I like the most are in remote places. They may have 15, 20, 25 sites. A lot of them are larger sites. And mm-hmm. because I have familiarity with them, for instance, I know that some of the places have sites that can accommodate two or three vehicles. Oh, okay. Okay. And see, if I'm limiting it to 12 or 15 rigs, then a lot of times when we decide to come off the road and we pull into a provincial park, we can possibly fit into four or five spots. Okay. Got it. And then the other, the second kind of supportive element of that MO for for doing this trip this way is I leave sometime between the middle of May and the beginning of June. So I'm out ahead of the annual migration of RVs to Alaska. Oh, sure. Okay. If you can get your journey started, say, before school gets out or before people start to group up and go together mid-June or so, you're ahead of the crowd and I've never had an issue finding a campsite, even for multiple vehicles. Great. That's wonderful. In my opinion, going like this takes away some of the concerns people might have about that trip, because I think we've all heard, oh, the roads are terrible or you're going to get lost or, you know, that kind of thing. And having someone in the know seems like that would eliminate a lot of that concern. I feel the same way. It's been a while, but I remember the first time that I did the drive. And as a woman who typically travels by myself, I felt intimidated by the length of it. I felt intimidated by the fact that a lot of it was incredibly remote, didn't know what the roads were like. I actually engaged with my little big brother, who's younger than me, but about six foot four and (laughs) (laughs) and a boat captain and also a mechanic to ride shotgun with me when I did my first journey up there to move to Alaska. Nice. That's so I had, that was my way of jumping over that barrier to figure out whether or not I was going to be comfortable doing this on my own. And I ended up very comfortable. I'd, I'd say half the times up until the last several years, a lot of times I come South on my own. So okay. I'm familiar with it. And there is a barrier, but I also, at the same time, when I was thinking about putting together small caravans to go up there for support, community, and fun, I feel that $15,000 a person is a barrier as well. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Larger RV caravan. So I decided to do something for the more independent traveler, maybe some smaller rigs. And definitely not ten or fifteen thousand dollars a piece. So make it accessible. Yeah. Do that's you awesome. only lead one caravan per year, or is it several? Yeah. So in twenty twenty four, it's it's actually going to be. Currently, I have one planned. I'm not yet taking registration for it. I'm not sure when we're going to be connecting with our audience on this podcast. I will be opening registration for that in early to mid November. If that fills up and there's a lot of interest for having a second caravan, I may open a second date. Okay. In 2025, I probably will have two dates going up. Okay. And how much is it to go with you? Yeah, so it's $849 to join in the caravan. And if you go to caravantoalaska.com, you'll see everything that's included in that. I set up three, everyone, we kind of generically refer to online meetings now as Zoom meetings. (laughs) We did three video meetings going for participant introductions, preparation and packing, and general organizing. I host a meetup in the state of Washington the night before. Three of the campground reservations are included. 
and I provide a nightly campfire and a bit of an outdoor kitchen every night in the form of a propane griddle to have people, they're, they're going to be bringing their own food, but it's something yeah. that they could cook on together outside. Okay. Yeah. And is that 849 per person or per rig? Per rig. Okay. I mean, honestly, as you're talking about this and you're, you know, we're talking, we know what the big caravan companies are that are 10 to 15,000. Right, right. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, maybe 5,000 might be kind of reasonable. And then you hit us with 849. I'm like, okay, where do I send my money? <laughs> not to do this i know it's i mean honestly i have been a little hesitant about going to alaska i would go with you in a heartbeat because that's one of the reasons is getting to alaska going through all the customs and going through canada and you know like you said knowing the roads knowing where to stop on the way and once we've once we've got guidance for past those barriers and as you said, make friends on that 10-day trip that we start hanging out with and travel around with. That seems like the just the perfect solution. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your thinking of it that way. If you break it down over 10 days, it's kind of like $85 per day. And I am saving you. A lot of people plan for this trip a year or two in advance. Uh -huh. They'll get on the internet, Google, a year or two in advance, and they'll need to sort through 13,000 pages of hits of <laughs> yeah. me traveling yes. to Alaska. Yeah. And then with my caravan, you'll learn things like I, people also will pack like they're going to the sub-Saharan <laughs> desert. And, <laughs> and, you know, I'll tell everybody that Canada is a lovely country and Canadians eat food and drink water too. And <laughs> as soon what? as we go across, I, what? It's insane. Most of the Canadians live within an hour or two of the U.S. border. So, for instance, this is a hot tip and no charge for this one. I go across the border with almost nothing, like nothing in the coolers because, and this I think feeds well into your stressless camping, <laughs> I don't want the stress of keeping up with border regulations. Yeah. I don't want to be searched. I don't want to say, yes, I have lettuce, but no, I don't have eggs. Right. I don't have anything. And there's nothing to sort through from the border agent's perspective. So I sail right through and then I avail myself to a cool Canadian market, farm market or stuff to load up on my cooler. I feel great about supporting the small communities that I'm driving through mm -hmm. on my way to Alaska for the summer. So I just do my best to make it easy peasy. That's a really uh, great idea. Yeah. And I bet they even sell beer in Canada. I bet they do. They sell <laughs> so many things that you might want. Beer, <laughs> wine, cake, brownies, eggs, veggies, wow. fruits. <laughs> yeah. This sounds like a great solution. So I'm really excited to share this with our audience. And one more time, how would somebody find you? Google hasn't found me yet. So you might have to type in the full address. So it's www.caravantoalaska.com. And we will also put a link to that in our show notes yes. and, and in our newsletter. Yes. Now I'm Kind of my wheels are turning. <laughs> and this will go out probably during the first week of November. But if middle-ish of November is when you might start signing people up, this is a great time right now, listeners, to go and bookmark that website so you can keep an eye on it. So if you want to do this, you're ready to sign up when she opens it up. <laughs> stressless <Yeah>. camping caravan. <clears throat> what? <laughs> yes. Be stressless about it. I appreciate that. Definitely drop in and, and check it out. I've got a fairly loaded FAQ section so you can learn 
exactly what's happening and how we're going to approach it. I do expect 2024's caravan to sell out pretty quickly just because the spots are so limited. I would like, you know, it'd be great to take more people, but like you said, that's a lot of corralling. Yeah. And I want this to remain high-level collectivity, stressless. (laughs) Yeah, I want it to be unique, boutique, and easy to manage for everybody. That's terrific. That sounds really, really good. I'm very glad you reached out to us. And as I said, you have my wheels turning. Are you thinking about joining us yourself? I am. (laughs) Okay. But I think what might be... Um, Maybe I'm putting the cart before the horse, but perhaps seeing if some of our listeners might want to go as a Yeah, as a group. That would be fun. In 2024. Oh, okay. Or 2025. Yeah, it would have to be 2024 is already so booked. That's true. Right, right. (laughs) Well, we should talk about that. And I'll tell you why um, there's obviously I would love for you guys to come along. But here's what I've discovered with my my other tourism business in Alaska. It's fine to announce dates out there and have a group of like-minded people come together to do this trip. It's next level when you have people who are already having an affinity for each other. Right. So if they're already kind of in a group or a club together, then you kind of hit the ground running as as far as community feeling is concerned. So yeah, we should talk about 2025. Yeah, that's an idea. I think that would be a good thing to work on. So... Yes, let's do that. Okay. On a little bit of a more personal note, Kim, have you been RVing for like forever or just since you started making these trips back and forth to Alaska? I grew up in a RVing, camping, boating family. Okay. I'm not shy about telling people that I am 58. I call that level 58. I <laughs> level 58. And I grew up in a family that we placed a high level of importance on outdoor recreation. So I've been doing the outdoors thing for a long time. You know, that led to my other business, taking people on trails in the backcountry of Alaska, being savvy about getting outside and enjoying the outside in a safe and fun manner has been something that I've been doing all my life. And that probably also played a factor in who you are and how you were raised in deciding to move to Alaska. Like I don't know that I would have decided to move to Alaska because although I've camped a lot, I'm not hiker. I'm not an adventurer. (laughs) I think that just kind of guides who you are in life. That's super terrific. Well, thanks. Like you've noticed, my personal makeup is that I do enjoy my time outside, the fishing, the getting on trails, going on mountain hikes and and whatnot. My soul feels really warm and massaged when I see some of these landscapes and connect with wildlife in wild places. Mm -hmm. But there's a price to that. You know, you can be out in places you get used to not having all of the choices that we have in the lower 48 for yes. your your stuff, what you want and what you need. You know, and my first experience living in Alaska was in a bush community that was off the road system. You could only get there by boat or plane. Wow. You become accustomed to walking into your, your grocery store and not having a list because you don't have a lot of choices. You're <laughs> like, oh, I'm so thankful to have two brands of dog food here today. It's not without it's trade-offs and it sacrifices but I guess my own personal makeup like you observed is I just want to be out there and enjoying that so I do give up some of that stuff I like to come into town like I mentioned you know on the way in the caravan stop in places that are I know where for instance you can re-up on your 
really tasty, high-quality charcuterie in British Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, everything in life, you know, sometimes you can't get everything you want in fell swoop. And sure. I definitely prioritize being outside and being in backcountry places. That's fantastic. Kim, thank you so much for spending time with us today. I know that you are in a fun place and it's time for you to get out there and have some fun with your friends. So thank you for giving us some time and we will definitely keep in touch with you about maybe a 2025 stressless camping caravan rally to Alaska. That sounds so much fun. And I think we should take it on as our, yours, mine's, Tony's personal challenge to see how little stress we can invoke on driving to Alaska. I love that. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you for your time and we will keep in touch. Yes. Okay. Sounds good. You guys have a good weekend. You, you as too. well. Thank Thanks you. for the time. Okay. You too. I think if you go to those wilder parts of Alaska, like Robert talked about, one of the three Alaskas, I love how he defined yeah, that. Yeah, that was cool. You're going to probably want solar to get you through the parts where there is no electricity. <laughs> That's for sure. And there is a lot of boondocking opportunity in Alaska and everywhere, actually. It's amazing how many great spots there are mm -hmm. that are off the grid. And you can take advantage of those great spots with our friends from ABC Upfitters who can configure a solar and lithium power system that fits the way you like to RV, whether that be extended trips, short trips, weekends, full time. And they really do a good job of listening and working with you to determine what your needs are and what type of system fits you. And the way to find out what they know is to give them a ring at 574-293-9399. Again, 574-293-9399. Or, as always, there's a link in the show notes at stresslesscamping.com slash podcast slash 0227. Or on our deals and discounts page. Absolutely. So this week, I want to talk about an RV that's kind of making the rounds. And I got to take a deep dive into this thing and look at it. What it is, is it's a forthcoming towable RV. So a travel trailer of sorts by a company called Pebble. And if you haven't seen their stuff all over the internet, what this is, what they are pitching it as is sort of the EV of towables. And it kind of is that it's got a large battery and you can get a model that actually has powered wheels. And so why would you want that? Whoa. Well, this thing can, you can use an app to back it into a campsite, literally turn it 180. It can actually assist in the towing such that let's say, you know, we all know if you have a travel trailer and you tow the darn thing, your mileage goes right down the black tank, right? Mm -hmm. Well, this will compensate for that. It's a very aerodynamic shape that also can provide assistance in towing such that you will no longer lose either fuel economy or EV range if you're towing with an EV. Other things, it's got a thing called the magic hitch. And what you do is you get the tow vehicle and the trailer within a specified distance from each other, which is kind of close. Push a button and the thing will actually drive up to your tow vehicle and lock itself on the ball. It will raise and lower the tongue to, wow. to snap on the ball. So all those people who hate towing because of hitching, 
Well, this solves that. And the, the way this came about is the founder of the company during the pandemic, like so many of us, found the only vacation he could go on was an RV vacation. And he said there were so many pain points to that experience that he quit his job at Apple Computer and he started this company. And there's so much different design in this thing but it makes so much sense for example there are no curtains in the window and you might think oh i'm putting on a show for everybody no (laughs) you hit a button and the glass goes from being transparent to opaque bam instant and that's true in the bathroom too right I mean, you push a button and all of a sudden the clear glass walls go boom and you can't see through them. Does it have a bathroom door like that too? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. There's a Murphy bed, but when the bed is up, there's a long desk there and you can leave like laptops and such on the desk when you fold the bed down. Oh, that's a clever design. I like that. There's so much about this that is different that even if you ignore the ev factor of this it's really a better design and so much so i wrote over 2000 words in the article which is a long rv review and you can find that at stressless camping in the honest rv review section there's videos there there's pictures this, this thing is really quite game changing and i'm i'm pretty impressed with it hopefully they can bring it to market because it's a new company and i i think it's going to eliminate a lot of what we don't like about towing you don't need sway bars for example because again like your vehicle it knows wind conditions and it knows how it's tracking down the road Hmm. and it uses its own smarts to counter sway and that sort of thing It's just a game-changing rig. So that's the Pebble Flow, as it's called. And uh, there's a very long article for you to read with plenty of pictures (laughs) and even a video. So check it out. Stressiscamping.com on the Honest RV Review section. As a little bit of a maintenance reminder, which we do sometimes, (laughs) you probably have noticed it's gotten cold. I think that's true universally throughout the United States Uh. all of a sudden, like literally yesterday. (laughs) If you haven't winterized or you haven't fully winterized and you are looking for some tips for that, we actually interviewed our friend Adam in podcast episode 71 And Adam had tips and insights for how to winterize. And there's also on the show notes for episode 71, there's a link to Adam's winterizing guide. So if you are unsure or maybe it's your first time or you just like to have a guide, go check that out in episode 71. Adam knows winter. He lives in Michigan. Yes. (laughs) So we haven't had it really a question of the week for a couple of weeks because of Halloween. So we're just going to pop right into this week's question of the week. Would you be interested in a group trip to Alaska in 2025? And you can answer that question in our fun and friendly Stressless Campers Facebook group. (laughs) There's no behind it anymore since we changed the name. Yeah, I know. It's a lot shorter. (laughs) Also, you know that we do a once a week newsletter that's really absolutely free We have links to stories, videos, and podcasts, and things that we think will help you get the most out of your RVing experience. Yeah, all you got to do is visit StresslessCamping.com, where you can sign up under the hamburger menu in the upper left corner. And know that we always respect your privacy and only send one email per week. 
period. We do not share it with anyone. We nope. do not publish it publicly. <laughs> <laughs> we don't sell it on the dark None web. None of those things. You'll also find the show notes at stresslesscamping.com for episode 227 on the podcast page. And of course, our discounts and deals, including two brand new ones for the best deals on things you'll need for your stressless camping adventure. And like Wolverine and Thomas with RV Sauna, if you have a great deal for our audience, just let us know. We're always looking for something that's worth having and saving some money. Absolutely. We're in all the social places, so when you're done looking at all those pages on StresslessCamping.com, you can use those links in the top right to jump off to all the social places where we are. Yep, and don't forget, a review will help others find this podcast, and the more listeners we have, the better our deals, discounts, and guests will be. And we'd like to thank an anonymous user (laughs) for the five-star review. Uh, We really appreciate that. We do appreciate it. And if you've already written a review, like our new anonymous reviewer, (laughs) feel free to continue to share anything that you find on our website or on our socials that you think is something great that other people, your friends, would like to read about. Yeah, like the winterizing guide or the review of the pebble or whatever you find value of on StresslessCamping.com. Well, that's what we have for you this week. We sincerely appreciate your being back. Hopefully you enjoyed our virtual trip to Alaska. and Maybe you'll want to join us on the real one in a year or so. Anyway, with all that, thank you so much and stressless camping. We hope you learned a lot and had some fun and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure, and we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping! Not duck on it, we forgot to tell them about our new tow vehicle. Oh man, alright, I'll put it down for next week. Okay. <laughs>